0: Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to speak about your sacred word, table. Dear Lord, many people think of table and we think of a kitchen table, or we think of a table at a restaurant, or a table at a great dining feast room. But Lord, I think tonight we will see that a table is much more than that, and Lord, you even point out that the earth itself is a table. Lord, the, earth, the meaning of table is really meant to be where your presence is, not where we partake of what you prepared for us. And we'll see that tonight, I believe, as we look through the scriptures, we'll come to a, a better understanding of the table. And of course, there is a special table, the table of showbread that you put in the tabernacle. And Lord, you told Moses and you prepared the people who made these items to be teachers of the items. Not only were they artisans and how to create the table, but they understood how you taught them. You made it known to them the meaning of these items. Because it says in there, in the scriptures, that they were able to teach the people. In other words, they taught what this item is and why it was made this way and so forth. For example, you tell us in the uh, in the book of Exodus that you uh, made the table and arranged the things to be set in order. They put the lampstand, the lights, and the lamps, and you put the uh, table on the north side of the tabernacle. You know the door was facing the east, and so the north side of the tabernacle was the way of the world. And the lampstand was on the south side, which is interesting because the lamp, the lampstand, it's like the light, the light is coming from the way of the blessing into the way of the world. In other words, the light is shining into the world, which is, that is your being at this time. Like you said, dear Lord, at this time, the light is still shining, but we're in the night and the light is gonna be removed so there will not be any of your spirit being made known to those who are of the darkness of the world, of the north. But the tabernacle was showing us that the light shone from the south, and they were all facing to the showbread, the table. And the table had an interesting thing. Around it, it had this, um, like a little, uh, I don't want you to call it right now, I don't have the scripture in front of me, but it was a hand's breadth, like a little um, holder around it, a hand's breadth. It was made to be a hand's distance, uh, the width of a hand. And Lord, it was interesting because that is symbolic of it being in your hand. In other words, it is the covering that you protect the bread with. And so it's the authorization of you in your tabernacle that they will have the way of your hand to bless them that those who eat of it will eat of the bread of instruction. That bread had the light shining on the entrance of his words, gives light and gives understanding to the simple. So the priest that came and eat the bread would gain an understanding on that table. Now, why is it on the table? We just hear the word table and we think, oh, it's nice, it was fancy, it was all those things. But the table itself had a work to do. And the work that you've given the table to do is to be called the table of your presence. And it doesn't matter where that table is set. Any table that we come to is a table of your presence if we come to it in the way that we do. David even says that some of his enemies that would not turn, and would not heed you, would not honor you, he said, let their table be a, a, a foul to them. In other words, let it be a hindrance to them. Let it cause them trouble see the table has a work that it's given to do just like the firmament the walls of the firmament have a work that you've given it to do it's to divide those who are going to go up to heaven and those who go down as it says in the second day of creation you called it the name heaven and you gave it to work to separate the waters which we are of the waters so it separates the waters that go up and the waters that go down and you put the words into the firmament on day four and you tell us in these days that it is your words that judge us and the words it says the entrance of his words gives light and so you put the light into the firmament that was before you made the stars and the the sun and the moon and the stars and so on so you put the words in there first and it's the words that judge us so the work of the firmament is to do that work and it it's to hold the judgment it's to hold your word and that all things are blessed because what you did is you blessed us in that permit. You prepared the earth. When you prepared the earth, you put all the things in it that is necessary for us to be blessed. So your presence is in the earth. We know this is true because it says in Psalms 33, 4 that all your works are done in truth. It says in Psalms one, nineteen, one, thirty, that your truth is law. And it says in Psalms 119, one nineteen uh, one. I said I, I said that wrong. It was Psalms one nineteen one forty two, that all your truth is law. And then you say in Psalms one nineteen one sixty, that all your words are truth. And then you said again in Psalms one nineteen one thirty that the entrance of your words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. And you tell us in Psalms one nineteen one hundred five that it's, it's the words of God that, that light our path. And in verse 9 you tell us psalms 119 verse 9 you tell us that's how a young man to be saved is by your words follow the words <clears throat> So and we know this is true because you tell us in John fifteen seven that if we Abide and follow in your way and we abide and follow in your words All we desire will be done for us and that should be a real thing that we should consider very carefully When it comes to your table, because your table is very special, very, very special. Everything can be a table because it's where your presence is that we feed on and that we feed others on. So that we serve others on. For example, a table, as you can understand in Proverbs 9, 1 to 6, let me just emphasize that a little bit from wisdom. It tells us uh, in Proverbs 9, verses 1 to 6, says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars, the strength of the seven ways of the seven spirits of God that enable the words in the ways of those spirits, in the ways of those. In other words, you use the, the words in, within the ways of each of these different spirits because they are different works that we do. First one, spirit of the Lord, it separates light and darkness. Second one, words of wisdom grows our, you know, our knowledge of the works of God, and the third one is understanding, understanding how to enable the words. Fourth one is the counsel of God, it gives us good instruction. The fifth one is the might of God, that overcomes the world because it's His law. We can understand the law, and that's why the birds and the fish uh, are done on the, uh, the, the fifth day. The birds is representing the spirit of God, and and the fish is representing the words that are in us that feed us. Um, The the words, because he's telling us the words are like within us, swimming around in us, and we have to bring them out. We have to separate them from the words of the world, the words of the earthly languages, into the pure language, the meaning of the pure language. When we do that, then all of a sudden these words become powerful because it's in the words of the king that the power is found. And we're talking about our Lord Jesus as being our king. Now, day six is the spirit of knowledge. And knowledge is how to take dominion over the earth. How to actually go out and do the works to bring forth the kingdom of God and to bring forth so he's glorified. Because when you take dominion, you're walking in authority because you've learned the way of the first five spirits. Now you're prepared to go forth and do the good works. And then on day seven, uh, the spirit of rest, which is the spirit of the fear of God, spirit of rest is the strength. You you begin to understand it. You've learned this because knowledge comes line by line, precept upon precept. Therefore, you've learned the way of doing words in this way, through all these seven spirits now you progress to another level and you begin to do another work and you begin to understand how it's done and you go through the work and you become proficient at that and you just keep going that's why you know the lord said the talents the guy doubled them and doubled them and he said give them more so that's the way the lord does now it goes on it goes on here it says she's hewn out her seven pillars she has slaughtered her meat she has mixed her wine, and she has furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city, wherever, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says, come and eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. Now, where do you eat? She's saying she prepared her table. A table of wisdom if you were going in to a dinner a banquet with the queen you would dress up in your finest suit you would do all these things because you pay attention to who you're eating with and you have to understand that if you want to go eat at a table you have to understand are you going to eat in a table that your king has prepared it doesn't matter how humble it is it's who is there Remember, the table is a symbol of the Lord's presence. The table is the symbol of the Lord's presence. A table is that God has prepared everything beforehand, and you know this. You believe it. You understand it. You desire it. And you rejoice in it. Now, when Jesus was feeding the people, one thing that is common throughout when Jesus is in charge, there's great joy and there's great rejoicing. And if you'll notice what the Lord is telling us as we'll go through this tonight, you will see that the Lord is always saying that he will bless those who come in his way. His way is joy. His way is a fruit of the Spirit. You do not come to the Lord's table as a grump. You do not come to the Lord's table demanding. You don't come to the Lord's table arrogantly. In fact, the Lord tells us in the scriptures that if we come to a a table, a feast, we should sit ourselves down in the low chair and allow him to put us where we've actually earned. And he'll raise us up and then others will say, Oh, look, uh, the Lord has raised him up. But if you're sitting in the wrong chair, he's going to put you back because we're not following the Lord and letting us guide in that way. And we should always go in great joy, willing to be the servant, willing to serve the others. That's the way of the table. The way of the table is the Lord's presence. And our desire is that we should bow to him and we should put our crown down before him. And so we should always walk in the way of the table in humility. And so the table is a very important thing. It's a living element. The table, when the showbread was on it, the gold table he was asking for the refinement remember the lord tells us the seventh day church is to what does He tell us to do purchase the gold refined in fire seven times see it's it's the fact that we want to get the finish because the city of jerusalem is a city of peace and the city of jerusalem is streets are made of gold they walk in the way of gold gold is humble i mean it's nothing to us but we take currency we take anything as riches and we seek after it we're seeking after the things of the world instead of the presence of god a table is symbolic of the presence of the lord a table is symbolic of getting fed of the kingdom and understanding that it's a living thing that what is on it is going to be blessed that's why jesus blessed the food now you do not need a table. The showbread have four corners. I mean, four corners and four legs. Four legs is symbolic of the of the way of the four spirits. See, He gives us the four spirits. We should always walk in the way of the four spirits. The first four spirits. That's the way we do our work. We gain the measure of the fifth spirit, the sixth spirit, and the seventh spirit. But the critical things is doing all things in the way of the four spirits, like in um, Zechariah six. He tells you about the four horses. They're the way of doing the works of God. That's what the four horses of or the first four horses of Revelation um, sealed judgments is all about. It's learning the way of the Spirit, or do you walk and look at those in the way of the world? The way of the world sees them as four horses of apocalypse. They're not looking at what is the way we avoid these things and receive the good that He's sending. Because He's telling us you go to each one of those and they have something good these will not be harmed these will uh the oil and wine will not be touched the great sword will come to one and a bow and a crown will come to one The bow is the right to uh, shoot the arrows of the lord which is the words of god the crown is eternal life this is what he's telling us so they're not just four horses of a calculus as we've taken it well the same thing with the table in the old ways, remember that, yeah, they had tables that people would like to have tables. But in the old days, many people will spread out a mat or something on the ground. Or they just eat on the grass. You see this very clearly when you go to um, Psalms 23. Because in Psalms 23, he tells us there... Um, That he makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my souls. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's his word. The kingdom of God, is his name is the word of God. In other words, he's doing the way of the words of God to bring forth the knowledge of the words to the people. He gave his blood to open a temple veil that we would be able to go into the Father and receive the knowledge of the words that enable the good works of God. That's what the good news is all about. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. See, when God gives a table, one of the things that he's telling you is at his table, which is the same thing with the showbread. The showbread gave instruction. to, By eating that to its fill, they received instruction. But the Lord says, They anoint your head with oil. Oil is knowledge and your cup runs over a promise of God is that when you eat at his table you will always eat and have enough because his desire is your cup will run over it's always a promise of God that your cup runs over that's why when he fed the the 5,000 and the 4,000 he had them sit down on the grass in groups of 50 and 100 because he was looking for the way of the Jubilee and so forth but they were sat on the side of the mountain or they sat on the grass and that is a table See, the earth can be a table. You see this very clearly in the um, example of Ezekiel 39, uh, 17 to 20, when God is going to punish these people. He says, as for you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, speak to every sort of bird and to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves and come together, and come gather together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel that you may eat flesh and drink blood and goes on. He says at the end of this in verse um, um, 20, he says, you shall be filled at my table with horses and riders, with mighty men and with all the men of war, says the Lord God. See, the earth itself is also a table. If we really think about Genesis one twenty four to 31, we'll see this. It said, let me just read it here. I'm gonna start from um, um, well first let me just read the whole thing it says then God said this is a day six of creation let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth each according to its kind and it was so and remember they're on the dry land and God made the beast of the earth according to its kind cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind and God saw that it was good Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also, to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he, made, that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. See, if we think about this carefully, we will begin to see that the animals can roam on the earth, and when they're to move from area to area, and they stir up the earth, and it restores itself. Because God has put everything in there, He made the earth for every living thing that moves on the earth, and we fail. We want to corner everything in, but we should provide for them a tent to be blessed in, like Jacob did. We don't look at that at all. We say barns today and so forth, and all that's good. You bring them in, and so forth. But He had huts, and there was reasons for that. Now. <clears throat> I just wanted to point that out. I don't want to get stuck on that because that's a whole new subject. But I want to talk about the fact that the, the, when we make a garden, for example, you measure it out and you, you design the field and you sow it in. In other words, there's places where you scatter things, but there's also places where you plant it in rows because there's certain things that you want to grow for certain ways of God because this is all God's table and so you're you're doing it so that you understand the fruit it comes forth because that is going to go from there to being prepared Uh, that's what's called the field and so forth but it's likened to a table because understand god has provided in it the presence of himself if you've really uh taken and taken dominion over something you're serving it are you not if you're serving it, if you're going around and you're speaking to the plants, you're you're planting it with love and care and guidance, it's going to be blessed if you're doing it in the way of the Lord for the kingdom of God, for that food to be used for the kingdom of God to bring others to the truth. That's very important. We're going to learn that in these years to come because what is going to happen is we're going to become understanding that the words enable the, the blessing of the earth so you'll increase, like if you go out, you'll have a hundredfold increase. And that is going to happen in this time because God wants to show his glory on the earth and after we're set apart from the world and God has made the separation judgment come, while his bride is going to be refined, part of that refinement process is being refined in the knowledge of the way of dominion, of the way of the kingdom of God. So he is glorified because we're going to show the way of the Lord to bring forth these good works. And it goes from table to table. Do you understand? Even the people, the poor, come and they get at the corners of those lots and so forth. But everybody's going to be blessed at this time if we help one another go forward in this. Now I'm just trying to point out in, in this that the earth itself, it's, it's a big round earth, flat earth. It's, it's like a table. And it's prepared for us. It's got everything we need in it. We have destroyed it, but God is ready to restore. Didn't He say that He's going to restore everything the locusts have eaten? That is what He's talking about this time. We're going to restore the earth. The earth is waiting for the sons of God to rise up. Sons of God speak in the way of the words of God, because they speak with power and authority, the words that Jesus spoke, with the righteousness in mind. And they are walk in the way of the Lord, which is joy. You do not follow those who are grumpy. You do not follow those who yell out. You don't follow anybody that doesn't have joy. We have to understand we have to have confidence in the Lord, and we have to please Him, and we have to have humbly before Him, Micah 6, eight. If you don't believe that, then I'm sorry. I don't think you'll be walking with the Lord in the glory of the Lord, but you'll be learning by being restricted is the only, uh, the only way I could put it. It could be far worse than that. Okay, Uh, I just want to point out that the Lord has made the earth, and the earth itself is a table. It's prepared for us. We've been given to take dominion over it in the way of it. It's the work that we're doing. A table to the Lord is anything where we're prepared to eat. And when you're doing these things and bringing forth the words of God, what are you bringing forth? When the plants give a hundredfold, what have you done? You've brought forth the word of God. That's the presence of God. The Lord is present in all things. He's omnipresent God. And when you say uh, his word as a full measure of the spirit of God in it, wherever he is, is like this. You get the feeling of this when you go to uh, Psalms 128, 1-6. to It says here, uh, this is wonderful, this is one of the um, the Psalms of the, Songs of the Ascent. It said, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways, and his way is joy. I've explained the meaning of the word way is the joy of the Lord. Understanding the blessing and understanding the way to enable it, understanding the way the good works, not being afraid of the world, not paying attention to the world. Focus on the kingdom and the work of the kingdom at this time. Yes, you have to pay attention to the world and, and what it's doing, but you should be praying for it, mourning for it, and doing good for it that they might turn. Because nothing is impossible with God, and He said, "All those who call upon His name shall be delivered at this time." Joel 2:32. Okay, it says, "When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you." See, the labor of your hands is doing good works for others. Understand that. Sometimes you're eating at the table, and you know the the wife has prepared all food in the way of the words and done these things and she knows it's going to bless you and it's up to us to bless the food at this time it should be blessed it says your wife shall be like a fruitful vine you know when when the lord did the the last supper what he was doing was he was giving thanks when he say blessing it's thanking god because it is prepared the real greek word is being thankful and you're telling the lord thank you for this and you're asking him to be glorified in it that it will be used for good works within us. Okay, it says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. The heart of your house. That means you have to have the words written on your house. Deuteronomy 6.4.9 says the words are supposed to be on the doorposts of the house. And everywhere, they're supposed to do all things in the way of the words. And I'll read that in a second. But that's what you're talking about. The heart of your house has to have the words in it. And then you have this that's the fruitful vine. The fruitful vine, bringing fruit of the kingdom forth, is doing it in the way of the words. He says, your children like olive plants all around your table. Why does that mean? In other words, you're to teach the way of the words and the food that they eat. Like Jesus said, the people that ate the the 5,000 ate the bread and they chased them uh, across the, the sea that morning and found him. And they, he said, you didn't seek me out because of the miracle you saw, but because of the bread you ate to your full. See, the bread is symbolic of destruction. And people say the food's not important. It absolutely is. If it's done in the way of the words. And it's more than just taking, you know, people say, oh, we're going to do the communion. And they, you know, they, they say we should do it once a week we don 't even keep the right calendar; we need to understand the right calendar of god it 's the Bible. but the disciples did on the first evening whenever they could uh, the first evening the first day of the week, right after the Sabbath, they would gather together and they would begin to to you know speak out and profound on words. they would break bread together and give instruction that the Lord gave to their hearts and it would be instruction to help them and then they would leave they, like paul that uh, that they talked all night, and then he left the next day to go on his work and to go on a journey, but they were strengthened by the Word of God, and the the teaching of the word, remember the guy fell off the uh, of the ledge out of the windowsill and was, and was killed, and he was brought back to, to life because he was there. he was tired and anyway, I'm not going to go into that right now, I'm not a miracle of that, but the key point was in the evening of the first day of the week, they would gather together and they would break bread together. And breaking bread is is symbolic of giving thanks to the Lord for instruction because the first day of the week, the evening, is especially a good time because what does it do? It teaches us to separate ourselves from the world. So you get really good instruction to begin your week. And that's what the first night of the first day of the week should be—the evening. It should be a great time to break bread together as a family, which they did. And the, uh, the disciples tell us and show us this in the scriptures. And uh, did they do this—the Lord's Supper—in those times? I believe they did do the breaking the wine and—I uh, mean, breaking the, the bread and sharing that and having the, the cup. But they did it in, in a sacred way. I mean, you—you. You, sp- well, I'll go into in a minute, but you cannot come to the table with evil intent you can't come to the table angry you can't come to the Lord's table when you're going to talk about the words or anything like this and have an angry heart or jealous heart or arrogant heart you have to come in peace, desiring the kingdom in the way of joy. That's what he's saying here. Who walks in his ways, in his joy. If we walk in his joy, celebrating over what he's giving us and what he's helping us to understand and how it can do good and bring in righteousness and bring forth his kingdom, then we're going to see the blessing and we're going to see the understanding come out. That's the table. And the children, the children means even if you're teaching, that, and you're, you're speaking to the people. There are olive plants in your table if you've done the way of the words for them. If you've really sought the Lord, not just teaching the ways of the world or traditions, but teaching the knowledge of truth because this is what's going to overcome the world. And when you're doing this, and you're doing this table now. Understand that the communion is a very special thing. We'll talk about that in a second. But the 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 normal food that we eat done in the way of the words every day is part of the the law of Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9 and Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to 23. We should understand that that is part and parcel of the evening, making the way of the words, knowing that in the evening time we're to teach the words. It seals the word because the Lord will seal it in the night. He'll help them to understand it if they have a desire to learn it. God will have that happen. Now I'm going on here with the olive plants. It's like the olive tree is the the oil of knowledge. And he says that's what it's going to do. They're going to be able to grow up and they're going to go forth and give life to others and speak. Even David says your children will grow up and uh, speak in the gates of their enemies because of the knowledge that they will be given. Remember the Lord our problem is we want to be somebody and and the lord is saying that with the disciples he served them as a tougher but it was his table it was for him supper but he was serving them was he not the greatest among them but what's he doing the children the promise of god is your children will be better than you if you brought them up in the way of the words they're going to grow and be stronger abraham to isaac to jacob to joseph he goes on. If if they're really walking in the way of the words, they're gonna be great in what they do, the good works that they do, the marvelous thing that I mean Jacob was phenomenal, understand. He became Israel and, um God gave him the blessing and so on. But you see the greatness of what happened. And Joseph was symbolic of the fourth one. What did he do? He gave the counsel and saved the people because of the kingdom and, and brought so much into Egypt and so on, which began the journey out. <clears throat> Okay, my uh, it's probably confusing to you, and I'm sorry. But I'm just trying to show you that the, um, the way of the Lord and the table is very special because you're, you're planting the seed. Now, I say this thing about the children. Um, David, in, in one of the Psalms, tells us that they will go and um, be able to speak in words in the gates of the enemies. And that means very powerful. Now, you see this also in uh, Deuteronomy 11. In verse 20 um <clears throat> it says let me read 11 18 to 21 it says therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand in other words everything you do you should be doing it in the way of the words and you should be doing it in the way of joy and it says and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes remember i told you that and anoint your eyes with eye salves so that you know, the eye salve should draw out the um, the uh, things of, of darkness. And that's what you're wanting. You're wanting the Lord to bring forth light instead of darkness. Your entrance of his words gives light. It says, you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of heaven above the earth. In other words, bring forth the kingdom of God. Didn't Jesus say, the Lord's Supper every day you should pray, the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven? When you lie down, also, it's very important, to lie down in uh, green fields, green pastures. See, that the thing about it is, God will give you a blessing every morning. He will give you knowledge every day. But even in the old days, many times they lied down uh, to eat, and they had spread a mat out, and the food was prepared on the mat. The food of the kingdom, you know, we can eat the food that the people prepare, but the words themselves are food. That's what I'm trying to get at. The table is is we have to understand it. it's symbolic of the Lord's presence. And if we treat it that, and if we treat it with the fact that the promise of God is that he's prepared the earth with everything we need. And if we believe in the table that God has prepared for us, he'll multiply the things that is needed as the time is needed. A great example of this, of course, is that, well, for example, the people in Psalm 78 uh, it tells you in verse 19, um, when the people of Egypt, I mean, Israel went out into the wilderness, they grumbled against the God and they said, they spoke against God and they said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? <laughs> he can make food multiply because everything to him is a table. His presence is there. So if you sit down to eat of the food, God will prepare. Now he gave them manna which was better than anything they could imagine because it was healthy for them. They didn't understand it. that they didn't swell, their feet didn't swell, their clothes didn't wear out. It affected far more than you know, just their physical bodies. It affected everything they did. So we have to understand these things God did. Now, it says Elijah purifies the pot of stew in Second Kings 38-41. 30, 30, this is likened to this, the, the table. See, when you're preparing the food for the table and the people are going to eat, and when it it says here it says and Elijah and there was a uh, return to Gilgal which means wheel or rolling heap and there was a famine in the land now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him and he said to his servant put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets so one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered some from it a lapful of wild gourds and came and sliced them in, into the pot of stew uh, though they did not know what they were. Then they served it to the men to eat. Now, it happened as they were eating the stew, they cried out and said, Man of God, there's death in the pot. It's poisoned, And they could not eat it. So he said, bring, then bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, Serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Understand, that this is the time of the refinement of God. And I've said this parable, I mean this great miracle many times. But this table, understand the purpose of the table here. When, you know, they they eat of that, they were in the house of the prophet, and they started eating of it, they clearly recognized that this was poisonous, but they didn't get hurt. Do you understand? They were in the house of the prophet, and the house of the prophet, they were sitting before him, and when they are there with him, uh, um, and there was a lot of them, it says that there was about 100 of them uh, in the next uh, uh, verses 42 to 44 so it tells us there's a lot of these people and that they, they were not hurt so whether they're in their room or not but they were in the presence of the prophet that was come to him to be fed the word of god and none of the food should hurt them because he had told them to go gather this and as he told them to go he sent the word to do this In other words prepare the stew and they did the best they could so what is saying in here is that god did not hurt them. The food did not hurt them. He cured it immediately by putting a handful of flour into this. Uh, I think he said, uh, bring some flour. They put it like that. He put it into the stew and it took away the poison because flour is refinement. That is what we are to be refined as flour. In other words, when he did that, nothing of the sickness that the guys had eaten harmed them because we are to be protected by that. And this is the beauty of the table of the Lord. Everything was prepared. And even the protection is there. Is my point. Now go to the next one. It says in Second Kings four forty two to forty four. It says then a man came from Baal, Baal Shalisha, which means that God provides over three the third idol. Baal is not a good name, B A A L, um, but it's interesting that it's the way of understanding, and so God is going to reveal understanding of this. It says brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley bread and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, give it to the people that they may eat. But a servant said, what? Shall I set before 100 men? Set this before 100 men? And he said again, Elijah said again, give it to the people that they may eat, for thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. See, what he's saying is, when you come to his table, and he says the oil will be there, because the food, this is barley bread, humble bread. And it's of the first fruits, and God is desiring us to be fruit fruits of the kingdom, and begin to build the kingdom at this time. And so, what the, the Lord is saying also, the cup will run over. In other words, there'll be plenty of food for them. So, if you're teaching the word, and the people have come, and if you have faith, and if you're walking in righteousness, and you have the joy of the Lord, and let the glory of the Lord be known and so it said so he said it before them and they ate and some left over and according to the word of the lord according to the word of the lord does he say in john 15 7? if you follow the way of the lord if you abide in his words what you desire be done for you as your word speaks it when you're walking in the way of the words and you you're walking in righteousness and humbleness before god let god be glorified you're a servant to serve the others jesus was a servant he served the uh, the people you know when he washed the disciples feet on the night of the the last supper he washed even judas's foot feet because it was after he washed the feet that he identified him as as the evil one so even then the lord was washing his feet that he will do the work that he desires and that's like the lord is doing now he's moving through the earth the spirit is moving and it's causing the people to have the heart that's in them it's going to be stirred up at this time when he washed their feet, he protected the disciples, but those who had an evil heart and See, they wanted to do the work of the kingdom. They just didn't have the knowledge yet. They didn't understand everything. But, the, but Judas did not. He wanted to do it his way. He wanted it to be the—you know appointed up high. He wanted to be prosperous and so forth. But he was trying to force Jesus' hand to bring forth the kingdom. He thought he was wiser than the Lord. So, you know, he thought he entitled that position and so forth. They argued about that in in the thing. Even after this, right after this, they were arguing about this issue. But uh, the thing about it is he identified, the Lord then identified him as the one sitting at this table, my table. He's sitting at his table. When you come to the Lord and you have an evil heart and you come before it, that's why he said, uh, you know, like, when you come into the house of the Lord and so forth, <clears throat> do not come when you have something against your brother and so on. You do the best you can, but if you can straighten it, you go and do that. If you it cannot, and it's out of your hand, you've got to rely on the Lord to give you wisdom. Put a garment on and seek the knowledge of God, and He will give you what you need to, over, to restore. It may take a long time, but God is going to cause it to be restored. If you follow the way of the Lord and trust in Him, He will bring it to that point as we're doing at this time. It says uh, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven to 34, Paul's teaching us there. It says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. In other words, you're trampling upon the spirit of grace of the Lord. He gave his life on the cross and he said when he did it, he said to, to them that, um, you know, forgive them, they do not know what they did. These guys have done everything terrible to him, and yet he, you know, this is the way he is. You're guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. That's why he's talking about the body of the Lord. You're not walking like he did. You're not following in his ways. You're following in your own way. So we have to be careful of that when we come to this. And the blood of the Lord is that he gave his life blood to open that temple veil and do that. That's what he talks about in Hebrews 10 24 to 31. He talks about those who travel upon the spirit of grace, which is the the spirit of the blood of grace of the lord and it's grace is the authority to call on the words of god and if you don't come if you come in an unworthy manner or you know trying to um, do whatever you desire instead of what god desires see he humbled himself and he served others <clears throat> okay but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup they's talk about the lord's supper here when they're doing that but this is basically anytime you're eating at the lord's table Yet all tables are of the Lord. If you understand the words, you should always be doing this because he said you should have them at your frontlets, uh, front before you in all things that you do, uh, as he said in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, and Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to 21. So, so it never gets away from you that this is the way we must eat. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, when you do this, you're insulting the Spirit of Grace. When you, when you come in an unworthy manner, it's very important. We just don't, we think, okay, God's not watching, or we know it's not important, I'm important, and so forth. We've got to be very careful of this. I've heard so many preachers will not teach His words, and they do the, the Lord's Supper, and they do the communion in church, and they have not taught His words, and yet they are boldly doing this, and even some of them has spoken against the knowledge of the words of God, and yet they give communion in their church. It's terrible. They should understand. They're doing it in a bad bad way and he says for this reason many are weak and sick among you and many sleep see the sleepness is the lack of knowledge and that's why they have a lack of knowledge they're doing these works acting like they have the authority and they're so filled with the spirit and everything else and yet what they do not see is they're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into blindness they sleep they're not awake. They cannot see the knowledge of the Lord. And they go to Washington and they meet with leaders and all this other thing. They gather together and meet, uh, promote politicians and so forth. When God told them at this time in Revelation 18, one 4, they're come up, to come out from following these people of the words of the world what I'm trying to point out to you is the table is a serious thing it's a living word it's a it's the meaning is the presence of the Lord when you sit down to read your Bible on it you must have the way of the Lord which is joy looking for the way of joy you you put the light the candle and you're getting the bread of instruction you're trying to find out what is the way of righteousness he's coming as the son of righteousness to confirm his covenant of righteousness we should understand that. If we're doing anything else, we're not listening to the new covenant. We're not walking in the way of it. We should take it serious. This is an important time. You can see the war. It's, it's imminent. You can see that the judgment is imminent. It's a separation judgment. And we bring judgment on ourselves if we eat at the table wrongly. We should consider that. Remember when Jesus took the bread and he looked up to heaven and he, he, then he broke it and put it into the, the baskets for them the disciples but he blessed it blessing that he's using is a thankfulness he even does that when when he's doing the lord's supper it's being thankful for god being thankful for everything he's done for you all your troubles everything is a blessing from god it's there to help you learn it's there to help us go into correction it's there to do these things if we don't walk in the way of his joy then what happens The, the persecutions get worse Sickness gets worse. Things will come upon us that we can't withstand. And that's, that's what's happening to so many people. Destruction comes. Accidents come. Things like that comes. The enemy attacks you more. Remember at this time, if we reject the spirit of truth at this time, and we go our own way, the devil's allowed to attack you seven times greater because we've rejected the seven times greater spirit of truth. And that's the way it works. I pray that you help, this might help you understand the great word, table. It's far more than what we think it is. It can be a mat. It can be a little <clears throat> a tea stand. It could be a, a table that we've prepared. But everything is a table. The earth is a table. That's why we divide our gardens up in a certain way, and it'll be blessed enough we do that way if we trust in the Lord to protect and guide it and speak over it, His blessing, and speak over it with truth and righteousness and belief, and we'll see this happen for us remember job lost all his lands because god allowed him to be tested god allowed him to have the persecutions come on him because it was for others the greatness for others job went through all of that for the greatness of others it's a wonderful thing he did but up until that time he'd been blessed so greatly and then he was blessed again later isaac had a hundredfold land increase all the time We have to understand these things. It's important for us to understand the way of God. His way is that we will eat, like David says, and the oil will um, be poured forth. That's knowledge. And we will uh, also have our cup runneth over. That's the way of God at a table. We have to understand we must get to that. We're not there yet. We have to be refined. We have to grow right now. It's important for us to turn and come out of the way of the world, come out of the way of our own ideas and believe in the Lord because this is the time of righteousness. This is the time of the revival. And if we're not willing to go out and be that bridge that brings the people to the joy of the gore, the, the way of the Lord, which is what wisdom says in Proverbs 9, if we're not walking in His ways, then how are we going to receive wisdom? How are we going to have rightly divide the truth? We won't. We won't have understanding. We think we will have but we don't. Lord, we thank you. We pray, Lord, that you will give correction to anything said wrong. Lord, let the people in their spirit know the truth. And Father, I pray that you'll bring us correction, that you'll bring us, dear Lord, to your refinement, for it's time for the kingdom to come forth. We pray these things in thy precious name. In Jesus' name, amen.